0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of Falls on Love. I am Nicole, and with me today is somebody who I am talking across oceans to get to. <laughs> we met very, very briefly, unfortunately, um, last summer at the Sister Girls Book Club Behind the Pen yeah. um, event. It was so that day was so like hectic and jam packed that I didn't really get a fun, chance.
1: But it was it
0: really was hectic. Yeah, and I didn't get a chance to really talk to anybody, um, which is probably one of my biggest regrets because I did want to chat you know, chat it up with a few authors that were there. But oh well, anyway, I've gone off topic and I haven't even told y'all who I got on the <laughs> line here. I have with me Kim Golden. How are you doing this morning? Hi, everybody. So um, if you've listened to the show before, if you are new to the show, um if this is your first time listening uh i have it formatted in three different segments so on the first segment um i'll ask kim about three questions i say about three because one question is two questions um regarding her start in romance and um things of that nature and then we'll move on to a random round of this or that questions which have nothing to do with writing romance at all and then the last segment will be kim having the floor to speak about her works and i will shut up purportedly. Um, Sometimes I do stay quiet the whole time. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I pop back (laughs) in because I have questions. So, all right, we will get into the first round of questions, which the first is, why did you decide to write romance, right? So you could have written mysteries. You could have written Westerns. You could have written about a sentient buttercup who comes to- (laughs) A village to save the world from a massive lion robot, but instead you chose romance.
1: Yeah, I think it's because I've always loved love stories. I mean, it, it's it's just that simple. Um, when I was younger, I used to watch the uh, soap operas with my granddad, of all people, because uh, he loved uh, The Young and the Restless, mm-hmm. and... When he didn't like the storylines, I would make up new ones for him. And uh, his favorites were the ones when I would tell him stories about how Mrs. Chancellor was going to fall in love with someone new. So I think that kind of started the whole thing was just, you know, spending summers with my grandparents in Virginia and uh, my you know, coming up with these crazy stories from my granddad. and I just loved it. and and uh, and even when I would go back to Philadelphia, and be in school. I was more interested in just coming up with my own stories rather than reading everybody else's. So I think uh, it was just it, it all started with that. The my granddad's love for Mrs. Chancellor and my love of just love stories in general. I love uh, I tried to write a mystery novel, but I just couldn't get into it. I like to read, them, but I can't write them.
0: Yeah. Um, I love that you were making up like alternate universe. <laughs> soap oh, I, I still do that now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's like I could be watching a movie and I don't like how it ends. And I just start like thinking to myself, you know, I don't think it would have ended that way. That story. No, I don't like those characters together. OK, I'm just going to write my own version of it. And I still do it. <laughs> you know and it and it my husband laughs at me because i start telling him everything that's wrong with romantic comedies and i kind of ruin them for him you know he pretends he doesn't like romantic comedies but he really does and uh, so when i tell him how i would change love actually or what i would have done differently in notting hill or something like that or when we were watching um something new together and i said you know there's something missing from this story even though i love it i think it should have like looked at this angle and i start spinning with that you know, I, I realize that that's this is what I'm supposed to be doing—just coming up with love stories—and and, and I, I write them. Uh, most of the time, I think I write it for me, and I'm just happy that other people want to read them too.
0: Hey Amen. That's 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 a um, it's a place I've recently gotten to. Question two. Um, mm-hmm. like I said, one of the questions is actually two questions. You can choose which one you actually want to answer, or you can answer both. Okay. So, The first one is, what is the first romance novel you read and how did it make you feel? Or what was the last romance novel you read that made you wanna open up a new doc and start writing?
1: Well, actually I can go ahead and answer both of them. I'm not exactly sure which one was the first one that I read. I think it could have been like one of those Catherine, what's her name, Kathleen Widowis, who wrote all those historical romances back in the 80s. I think it was one of those. Um, But the one that I remember most is uh, actually from Susan Isaacs, and it's called Almost Paradise. And it's more like a, a a family generational story, but all of it is sort of connected by love stories. And the biggest chunk of it is about this couple who meet uh, in college and he wants to be an actor and she is more like interested in politics and everything but in the end they both become actors and he becomes the more successful one um, and that story really hooked me from the first time I read it Um it started off that I, I s- found the a sample chapter of it in a magazine and I kind of got obsessed with it so I kept hassling my grandmother that someone would take me to the mall so we could go to a bookstore and and, to, and then i found it and i just spent the whole summer just rereading that book because i loved it so much i think i read it like 5 times that summer oh wow um, and then the last one that i read that made me want to open a new document was actually the wedding date by jasmine gillery i really liked that story i thought it was a really smart uh romance novel that does a really good job of um looking at modern dating and the this sort it has a really nice meet cute and uh with the couple meeting each other in an elevator uh at a luxury hotel in california and uh he's there because he's going to be the uh one of the groomsmen at uh his friend's wedding and his friend is actually marrying his ex-girlfriend oh wow And, and then he meets this woman in the elevator and he doesn't have a date and he just after they get stuck in the elevator, he he decides like, okay, you know what? I really like you. I need a date for this wedding. How about it? Let's you and me go to this wedding together. You just have to pretend to be my girlfriend for the weekend. Cute, and cute. that's sort of what starts everything. And uh, it's it's an interracial uh, love story. And, and since that's the genre that I write, I, I'm always interested in seeing how other people handle those sorts of uh, stories. And, and I thought she did a fantastic job of it. Um, it's really smart, It's it's uh, got nice sexy bits to it without going like over the top or, or turning into that the sex actually overshadows the plot. And uh, I think uh, I just really enjoyed that story. So I've been like recommending it to everybody.
0: Um, what is one theme or trope in romance that you have not written yet, but you would want to?
1: Oh gosh. Um... That's a good question. Um, I think, um, well, one that I will never write is the the billionaire stories because I'm sick of those. <laughs> uh, and, and I will definitely never write a stepbrother love story.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: Um, but one that I, I've been like considering writing a, a modern royal romance. And I had been considering it even before Prince Harry announced the engagement to Meghan Markle. I mean, I've been thinking about this for about three years, and and uh, I had an idea for a historical romance that I wanted to write that was uh, set in the Austro-Hungarian empire. I might still do that one, but I'm, I'm leaning more towards a, a modern royal romance just because uh, I think it would give me a little bit more freedom.
0: Nice. All right, so now we move to one of my favorite segments, which mm-hmm. is this or that? i going to ask questions, obviously, this thing or that thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The rules here are, if you would like to explain your answer, feel free. If your answer is just your answer and that's it, you don't have to explain it. Okay. All right. So question number one, nice car or nice home interior?
1: Nice home interior. I don't have a driver's license and, and I don't really care about cars. I figure... Um, I live in a country where we have really good public transportation, it's clean, it's efficient. I can get wherever I want um, and I like Uber as well. So I would much rather (laughs) have a nice home um, and and have something that's like a beautiful place to come home to than a a car because I don't really care about cars.
0: Okay, um, amusement park or a day at the beach?
1: Day at the beach, not really fond of amusement parks but the beach always delivers. (laughs)
0: Uh, (laughs) When you put your cups in the cupboard, right Mm -hmm. side up or upside down? Upside down. Uh, Train or plane? Oh, gosh, both. I
1: really like both. Um, It depends on where I'm going. So uh, when I'm in the States, I love taking the train uh, along the East Coast. It's something that's just really nice about that. So, uh, but otherwise... um, I like flying. I like the whole, there's something, my husband hates flying and he hates going to the airport and everything, but I, I actually like it. I get excited about it. Um, but trains, I don't know. There's something romantic about being on a train. So maybe I. it's a little bit more train, but I like
0: them both. Okay. Uh, Card games or board games? Board games. I love Monopoly. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I haven't played Monopoly in so long.
1: Me need I'm trying to convince my husband that we should play Monopoly and things like that. He's not so into them, but he likes Scrabble. So that's good.
0: What's worse, doing laundry or doing dishes? Mm, doing dishes. Well, actually,
1: I can't complain about either because, I mean, I have a washer and dryer here in my apartment. So it doesn't take that long for me to do laundry. And we have a dishwasher. So I just I don't stand at the sink and do dishes unless I absolutely have to. Um, but I guess the, maybe the worst part is when you're doing laundry, because you have to fold it and then try and find space and drawers and cupboards and everything. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: cake or pie? Ooh, cake. I like frosting. So delicious. Uh-huh. It's so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, like, every time I start, like, craving things, as much as I like pie, because, you know, a good lemon meringue pie is, like, you can't beat that, but when I really, really want something, the first thing I'm thinking is like chocolate cake.
0: Yes, chocolate cake is the goat. So going off topic just real quickly, but um, at my job every month, we get a huge cake for all of the birthdays in our department. Mm-hmm. And they go back and forth between chocolate and vanilla. And every time I tell my boss, no one likes the vanilla cake, just get chocolate cake all the time. They should just, I mean, I don't understand. They do the same thing at my job as well. Like
1: everybody who has their birthday during that month, they get us all together and we get like, you know, it's a cake and there's flowers and everything. And then they always want to do this thing. Like, well, we have to make sure that there's cake that everybody likes, but 95% of the people want chocolate cake. So
0: just get a chocolate cake, chocolate cake. I mean, yeah. two more and then we'll be done. with this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, sneakers or sandals. Hmm. Um, damn, that's a hard one.
1: Cause I like both. Um, I really like sneakers, but during the summer I like to be barefoot. So it's and the closest you can get then is sandals. But if I'm gonna have sneakers on, I usually only want Converse's on, and uh, and it's always been that way. Unless I can find really cool print Adidas.
0: Nice. And then my last one is pen or pencil.
1: Pen, all the time. I have my favorite types of pens. Oh, what's and your? Favorite? I can't find one that pen then I don't I get really upset and I start hunting it down so uh, yeah definitely pen
0: what's your favorite type of pen
1: oh this the one that I have is like it's um I don't remember the name of the brand of it now hold on it's right actually I have it right here it's a pilot v-ball grip with a 0.7 uh, centimeter or maybe that's millimeter tip to it so it has a really nice It's sm- like the rollerball. yeah it's a it's a it's a roller ball and it, and it just flows so nicely like the ink comes out of it really nice and evenly and it doesn't smear when you write and it the, the ink dries really quickly and it looks so nice when you write with it I love it yeah. so when I'm in the states I usually buy like five or six of these mm-hmm. and and then I I can find them here in, in Stockholm, but sometimes I have to go to maybe a couple of different stores to find them. But when I do find them, I just buy them pretty much in bulk because they're my favorite ones. Nice. And
0: uh, I don't like being without them. Yes. I'm, I am a pin nerd too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like low key obsessed with pins, but that's another time for another day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. This is where I shut up and I give Kim the floor to tell you guys about her works. So Kim, floor is yours. Okay, well, um,
1: as I said earlier, I write uh, IR romance. I guess you could say it's a little IRMC because since I'm based in Sweden and I'm writing about, often it's African American women who've moved overseas and who are finding love overseas that I write about, but most of my stories are set. In Scandinavia. So you're getting some Scandinavian culture in there, as well as like this whole culture class between the US and Sweden or the US and Denmark and so on. Um, I write about mostly pretty hot, uh, sexy Scandinavian men, probably because I'm married to a hot, sexy Scandinavian man. And so, in a way, he's a bit of my muse. I'm sure he's in the other room listening to me right now, but that's okay. Now he knows the truth. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I've written four novels and several uh, novellas. The novels that I've written are Snowbound, which is a Christmas romance that's set in Vermont. and that one features uh, a woman who is she's not really the nicest person to begin with. She's uh, cheating with a guy whose wife turns out to be pregnant, and it turns out he's lied to her about um, leaving his wife. And when she realizes that he's never going to leave his wife, that he's been lying to her the entire time, uh, she decides that she needs to leave town for a while and figure out what she wants, so she escapes to her grandmother's house in Vermont, which she inherited after her grandmother died. But what she doesn't know is that she has a tenant there and uh, the two of them sort of have like these clashes every now and then, but of course they fall in love because I mean it's a love story, and it's set in Christmas and there's lots of snow. Um, so I think that's one of my one of my favorites, mostly because uh, it was the first one that I published, and uh, and I had a great time writing that one. Uh, then I have the Maybe series, which I think maybe some people probably already know about, which is set in. Uh, Sweden and in Denmark. Um, It also has uh, some bits in the States. Uh, That one is uh, you have two couples who are in focus. So you have Lainey and Mads and then you have Lainey's cousin Edwina who calls herself Eddie and what happens when she has her summer of love with uh, Mads's cousin Henrik. And in that series you have Maybe Baby the companion novella to it which is maybe tonight which is told from mods's point of view then you have maybe forever uh which you catch up with laney and mads a few years later when they've got two kids they're married and so on and what happens to them then and then you have the story of um eddie and henrik which is maybe tomorrow uh that one came out in december of 2016 I think Uh, and that's so far the the last book in the maybe series but I think there will probably be at least one or two more coming soon Uh, then I also have um, Under the Midnight Sun which is a short uh, novel set in uh, northern Sweden right after a hockey team from New Orleans wins the cup final and uh, the here it's the hero's day with the cup and he um, reunites with uh, the woman he has loved for years and she left him to pursue her own dreams when she realized that she didn't want to be just that girl who follows him while he's having his own career and it's uh, you know one of those second chance at love stories that I don't know, I kind of like second chance at love stories. Some people don't like them. Some people think they're a bit schmaltzy, but I don't know. They make me feel warm and fuzzy. And uh, then the latest thing that I've worked on is uh, a serial love story that's available in Kindle Unlimited that's called Near Enough to Hold. And that one, uh, there's four parts to it, and it all starts one rainy night in Richmond, Virginia, when a guy decides to give a girl a ride into town when the buses have stopped running. And uh, it's everything that happens from that moment on. And it all none of it would have happened if it hadn't been for that damned rainstorm. So um, you really get a chance to find these two people and get to know them who are, I guess you could say they're a bit broken, both of them, and how they find their way to one another. But I really like when you can have these flawed characters and
0: what brings them together. You said that the, the last thing that you're working on is a serial?
1: Yeah, it's a serial. There's four parts to it. Um, that was, that's the last thing that I published. I, I published the last part of it uh, back in December. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm going to start working on a new serial. Uh, well, I think the first is the installment of that one will go live in May. And that one's going to be called "Imagine Me and You." Nice. So, um, I'm looking forward to working on that one. But I have a couple of other things I'm working on right now. Like for example, I have a a, a novella that's going to be part of a charity anthology that will be supporting uh, a Philadelphia-based charity. So there will be I think we're there's ten of us maybe. Okay. In that anthology, and that one's coming out in July. And then I'm also going to be uh, having a story that comes out in another anthology in December of this year, which is a Christmas, it's a Christmas anthology, which is also raising money for charity. But I don't think we've decided yet which charity we'll be supporting, but hopefully within the next month or so, we'll know that one. And uh, and I think that one will be fun. But as I said, both of those will be short. I, I don't think they're going to be longer than maybe 15, 20,000 words.
0: Um, I was interested when you said that you had um, done the serial um, Mm -hmm. because I was wondering what made you decide to uh, either like venture into that format, you know, Mm -hmm. like as a regular occurrence or just to give it a shot.
1: Well, um, I think when I first wrote Maybe Tonight a few years ago, it started off as I wanted it to be a proper serial. And, uh, and so I started trying to do it as a serial through uh, Kindle Direct Publishing and they were making it exceedingly difficult. Mm. So after a while, I just gave up and just decided, okay, just write it as a normal novella and then uh, release that. But then when they started with Kindle Unlimited, then I thought, well, actually, this is a chance for me to do a serial properly now. And uh, the whole point... Of, of when I started uh, near enough to hold I mean it, it really started off more as an experiment for me just to see could I actually do this and and not lose interest in it um, or would I start getting frustrated and feel like I need to just finish the story and publish it as a, a full length uh, novel but I, I, I really enjoyed the whole process of it it was um it felt quite liberating, actually, just to release it in small bits and take a little bit more time to uh, work on it and ask myself, like, which uh, direction did I want the story to go in? Because while I was writing it, the direction of the story actually changed. Mm. And, and I loved the fact that I was kind of writing without an outline. I don't usually do that. I usually have... At least the base of an outline, so I can stay on a particular course. But with this one, I just thought I'm going to let these characters speak to me and I just let them go where they want to go. And that's exactly what they did.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, the idea of writing something in serial form and releasing that way appeals to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm wondering if it's something that I should try to do maybe in like 2019, because 2018, I think I'm, I think I have everything that I'm going to write. i can
1: definitely recommend it i mean i i think the only mistake that i think i made when i was writing near enough to hold was that i had initially thought that i would be done with the whole thing by october Mm -hmm. maybe november max but you know um since i also still work full-time and we were in the middle of a reorganization at my uh, office it it uh, kind of threw me for a loop when I was writing and I, I kind of fell out of my writing schedule sometimes. So um, I know some people thought that I'd stopped working on it because it took me a little bit longer to get the installments out. But um, I think this time I've, I've got a better idea of it because at least now I know already for the next one I'm working on, I know exactly how many chapters I wanna write. I've, I've written an idea of what I think the chapters will be about, but I still wanna give myself that freedom to let the story go where it wants to go. I just want to be better organized about it this time.
0: Right on. <clears throat> Completely understand that. Man, can relate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people always say in internet, Oh, I can't relate. Mm-mm. Can relate to that.
1: <laughs> but but that's The thing It's like, you know, you, you always have this ambition that you're going to be the world's most, you know, organized person that you're going to, um, have this writing schedule that you won't stray from that you will of course always make sure that you never miss your deadlines blah 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 but real life gets in the way and I mean I've had so many things that were going on in 2017 I mean I I was as I said I had the reorganization going on at my job there was like all of this craziness that was connected with that so there was stress all around then I had um, some surgery that I was preparing for so that was also kind of weighing heavily on me like the whole how do I prepare for my surgery and what do I need to think about and trying to organize my sick leave and so then when I was trying to do NaNoWriMo 2 and finish the, the cereal I kind of felt like oh my god I took on more than I can chew but I'm actually glad I did it because once I finished writing that story and people started sending me email about it and telling me how much they enjoyed it and some people were saying, oh, my God, I wish that you hadn't ended it when you did. I wish you would write some more chapters to it. Every now and then I think, well, maybe I should pick up that one again and add a few more chapters because people really connected with it. But we'll see. There's plenty of time for me to decide on that. And it, I don't know. It's a nice experiment to do. It's, it, there's something that's really freeing about the the whole serial format. I can understand why writers of the past – uh, you know like Charles Dickens wrote all of his novels as serials
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and people loved it you know they would like they didn't know necessarily if the stories were going to come out once a week or once a month and sometimes they had to wait several weeks to get the next installment of it and yet people were going crazy for it so I think uh, and with this one I'm not necessarily going to say that I had as many people going crazy for it as Charles Dickens did for his but the emails that I got from people going, oh my God, oh my God, when, when is the next part coming out? You know, I really love these characters. I can so relate to them. That was just really encouraging. It made me feel like I was doing the
0: right thing. Well, Kim, thank (laughs) you so much for giving me some of your time today. Um, I've really enjoyed learning about your um, writing processes as well as your work. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can get some new eyes on your work via this conversation that we've had, now that people know you a little bit better.
1: I hope so too. And uh, I mean, I think uh, anybody who um, thinks that they would like to get to know me a little bit more, they can always uh, send me a friend request on Facebook and uh, I can add them to my reader group as well because we always talk about a little of this and that there and it's quite fun. And anybody who's in that group gets a chance to get a quick sneak peek at everything I'm working on, whether it's uh, the Pinterest vision boards that I use when I'm writing, or they even get a chance to see snippets of uh, the latest stories I'm working on.
0: Right on, so um, along with this post, um, there'll be links for you guys to find Kim on all forms of social media, as well as um, links to our Facebook group as well.
1: Thanks so much for having me, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this again some other time. Right on. (laughs) Let's <laughs> go.